and welcome to the Eastern Kicks podcast, a regular magazine program about East Asian film led by me, Andrew Heskins, founder and grandmaster of EastonKicks.com, and James Mudge, our leading writer. Hey, Each episode, we'll be taking a look at the latest films, news, and festivals, often chatting to filmmakers and stars along the way. Hello again, and welcome to our latest show. This episode, we'll be focusing on one of the hottest Asian films to be released <laughs> this summer. The follow-up to Train to Busan, Peninsula. Later on, David West, author and writer at Neo Magazine, tells us how he got into Eastern Kicks. And we hear more from our Udine Far East Film Festival campus correspondence. But firstly, let's get to the important question. Hmm. What are you drinking this episode, James? <laughs> well, it's a, it's a sort of nice, warm, sweltery summer's, summer's afternoon. So I have a bottle of room temperature, South African red, and a half bottle of supremely cheap Napoleon brandy. Very nice. Um... <laughs> And still supporting our local guys, Very nice. Howling Hops. I have a can of Flashpoint, Nipa, and that's 6.2%. Ooh, it's a solid can. Nice. Very nice. Picasso. You get the truck, come back with the money. That's $2.5 million per head. If you come back alive. So let's move on to our main feature. An extremely contagious virus has overtaken the Korean peninsula, devastating the country and killing thousands, (laughs) if not millions, in its wake. This, of course, not a documentary, but the most eagerly awaited (laughs) Asian film released this summer. (laughs) Yeon Songhao's follow-up to his own Train to Busan. It's out now in Asia, uh, and doing very well, I think, and mm. it's due to be released in the US by Will Go USA. Mm. Yeah, and Train to Busan was an incredibly popular crossover Absolutely. film. Yeah, well, one of the few kind of, uh, yeah, both as a sort of horror crossover and an Asian film crossover, you know, it was getting reviewed in mainstream media, released in cinemas, popular online, so yeah, it, it was good to see that getting the level of success it did, you know. A lot of word of mouth kind of built it for quite a long time. So, can it live up to the hype? Yes, well, we'll be, we'll be getting, in, getting into that and stuff. I mean, people, the trailer's certainly been generating a lot of word of mouth, everything, confusing people a bit, the trailer, probably, just even because of its name, everything, which uh, it's, it's not Peninsula, it's a Train to Busan presents Peninsula. Which is the, the, the US release. It's the US I think, release. I think the, the international release is, is Peninsula or... In Asia, it's just been Peninsula, yeah. yeah. But it's... It, as we'll talk about, it's very interesting to see in that trailer how it's clearly not just more of the same. So before Train to Busan came along, the zombie phenomena hadn't really made it to Korea in the same way that mm. it had in the rest of the world. True, very you know, true. We were what, 28 days later and mm. Walking Dead, etc, etc, etc. I think one of the few films we had was a reasonably early noughties indie, The, the Neighbor yeah. Zombie. Very, yeah, it's good. Oh, it's an odd title, but mm. it, it, it's a lot... It's funny, but it's quite dark still as well in places. And from it's one of those ones where the, the name or the English translation of the name doesn't really do the film justice or sell it to people. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't sound like something really for horror fans or anything. Just mm. go by the name, but it's an interesting film. Since the success of Train to Busan, we've had Rampants, mm. which brought zombies into the Joseon period genre. Mm-hmm. And well, I have to admit, I never saw it, but uh, <laughs> no one seemed to like that too much. I didn't see it either. It yeah. didn't. It didn't really. Yeah, I didn't really get too much of a buzz. And you kind of thought it would. I mean, it was really trying to build that had the big poster of lots mm. of zombies. And then 
there was the reaction wasn't great. Yeah. And then of course you had Netflix's Kingdom series, yes. which did exactly the same thing. Yeah. And everybody loves it. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Um, and there's been some other films. I mean, primarily The Odd Family, Zombie for Sale, oh, yeah. uh, which has been retitled Zombie on Sale for the UK release. Um, and it's a very fun comedy. It's got some inventiveness mm. around the, the, the whole kind of zombie mm. uh, motifs that we're all used to. So, you know, that's, that's quite fun. I think the most interesting thing for me is that actually when uh, Soul Station, the animation mm. before Train to Busan came along, the, the same director, Yong Sang Ho, did, mm. it was announced. It actually did feel like quite a good fit for him yeah. uh, as, as a director with his previous mm. work, you know. So I mean, it's kind of worth kind of going into his history, as it were. And yeah, his films. sure, sure. Touching on it in the back of his career. I mean, he's still he's still a relatively young fellow, I guess, born in 78 <laughs> and everything. So he graduated, uh, interestingly, with a degree in Western painting, uh, apparently, as well. So not... Not just we can see him moving into animation from that, but I guess one thing, it's fair to say, like his style, you know, I saw, when I saw his stuff for the first time, I probably expected something more typically sort of, you know, the ideas we would have, like Asian, like mm. anime style, anything mm. like that. Because, you know, a lot of animators in Korea and Japan uh, and China, they still go, that's kind of a popular style, but his stuff is not, it's all like ugly, harsh edges and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. lurid colors here yeah. and there, which kind of matches his subjects where you're exploring sort of darker sides of human nature pretty nihilistic his first few films and everything but he made his first he made a bunch of shorts at the end of the 90s uh megalomania of d uh d-day in the hell which i have to admit i haven't seen then he set up his own production house called studio dada show in 2004 but yeah his, his first feature was uh yeah king of pigs in 2011 which he was like director, screenwriter, voice actor, editor, storyboard, character design, key animation, background artist. So, you know, he was really getting into every aspect of it. It's, I mean, King of Pigs is still, it's still a pretty brutal film. It's very, very dark, very brutal. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's interesting, I think, because even though that it, it's, it's kind of ironic, really, but Korea is still not really seen for its animation work, mm. even though all the animation for the Fox, yeah, mm. Fox TV, The Simpsons, Family Guy, all that has always been done in Korea. I knew that the, a lot of the stuff was done there, but I didn't know to that extent. So it, was, cool. it was a big thing. It's still not really that well known. But, no. you know, there are, you know, there is the work that uh, Yon's done. There is the work that uh, Studio Meditation with a Pencil oh, done of course. as well. Yes, that's right. You know, there are, there are, a lot, there are actually quite a lot of studios mm -hmm. out there. Yeah. But, you know, I remember the, the key big, you know, it's a very dark tale. It's a very, oh, yeah, it's it's a kind of is. people who are, really still affected by bullying from their mm. school days and it does i mean the, the english title is quite deliberate you know it's very yeah what they end up in it's very <laughs> lord of the flies you know king of the pigs lord of the flies the, the kind of relationship there is mm. you know and no no for, not, for sure <laughs> and it's uh, yeah it definitely fits that kind of slightly brutalist animation style and it but it's it's violent, but it's not even the violence about it. it it's got that sort of kinky duck kind of just everything is very oppressive. 
Yeah. And everything about the character of society, there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing nice there or anything. But it's 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 same time. It's not like a straightforward like revenge fantasy. Mm. Like, it doesn't play out the way you think it's going to be and everything, which kind of edges it slightly maybe towards art housey. Yeah. Even because yeah. it, it was the first so it was the first Korean animation invited to Cannes. Everything apparently. So it's, you know, it, it suddenly had a, a very quite big rollout mm. as well even in terms of being released in the west in different yeah. countries so it, it was a nice calling card i guess for him for you know for people to see for the first time his stuff which is pretty cool so and then we had the fake didn't see i, I from 2013 it just didn't it didn't really well if it did get distribution it was wasn't on my radar at all i, I think it made it as far as you know, as far as UK or London is concerned it was a couple of festivals yeah, yeah 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 but it didn't get like a release release and no. it wasn't publicized then as being by him because I, I remember you know I came across mm. it I still haven't seen it but I came across it on like Yes Asia and I like a Korean only DVD and I didn't know what it was then I read the print wait oh that's him and everything mm. so it's it's a shame I, I would definitely watch it after having seen all the rest of his stuff and it sounds sounds like his kind of early darker work apparently about like a like a minister in a rural town trying to cheat people out of all their money and everything so it certainly sounds like his it's kind of like darker societal criticism so i would definitely check it out if i had a chance because i think before we talk about the zombie films let's mm. kind of leap forward a bit <laughs> to, to yeah. psychokinesis which is psychokinesis. His, was his second live action film kind of it's a head scratcher of a film that, mm. that was yeah i was really looking forward to it, seeing it coming on netflix relatively easy to find on Netflix this time. Um, it just, you know, it doesn't play out anything like you'd expect, and it's a really strange mixture. I mean, it, it was said to be Korea's first superhero film. I, I can't believe that's actually true, but it might be. I don't know. I'd have to check into it, see if there have been others, but it's got old uh, Ryo Seung Ryong. My Korean is atrocious, so I, you know, apologize, but he is, you know, one of the most popular actors in Korea. Um, so you, you had like a, you know a very big cast in it and everything, a lot of special effects, a lot of action, but it it's just this weird mix of like comedy, it's very intense like soap opera melodrama scenes, and then some social commentary, some you know action scenes, everything. It was just a very very chaotic mix of stuff when I watched it, and it's one of those things which I, I definitely didn't dislike it, but I after seeing Train to Busan and stuff, I, yeah. I, I expected something really different from it, and it's one of those ones I might go back and revisit mm. actually because it's like I say a bit of a bit of a head scratcher but not, mm. nece not necessarily in a bad way but it definitely if taking that in the context of the films we've just talked about like King of Pigs and stuff you wouldn't think for a second it was the same guy not just because it's animation versus live action you know completely different tone all over the place but I think I mean we'll get into more of that as well but there does seem feel like there's quite a different tone between his live action stuff and his animation I remember the first film I remember being announced and I must have been in production first I mm. expect was Soul Station yeah the animation mm. it was quite interesting I mean it, it, it's kind of billed as a yes you know, a lot of places it was released after Train yeah, to Busan right, yeah. as, as a prequel it was kind of if anything, it's kind of happening at much of the same time. There's definitely, oh, yeah, it, it, there's definitely the an overlap it's supposed yeah. to be, yeah. And it's almost, they are quite connected. There is a, a character that's almost like an alternative version of that mm. character that, that starts off what happens later in Train of Sand. But yeah, yeah moment, I, I mean, I, I, I just, you know, as I was saying, I mm. just felt that it was, it with what I'd seen of his work up to that point, it felt like a, a really good fit for him mm. to explore something as dark as zombie. And yeah. I think, 
you know, it's very much of those other films. Definitely. Very, very dark. Yeah, it, it builds to like a really nasty sort of thing. It, it gets very, progressively yeah. bleak as it goes yeah. like through. It, instead of actually building towards any kind of like proper expected like traditional catharsis or anything like that, it just builds towards, you know. That's a great thing. Yeah. yeah. It's really, you know, really there's great. a few participants in this, and you're particularly a, a young woman whose whose boyfriend and her father are trying to catch up with her. Mm. All the chaos is just taking over soul at the time with with zombies just spreading out. It's it has it's perhaps not massively inventive in terms of the the zombie no, aspect, yeah, but it, it does it. It's that kind of creeping darkness. It just kind of yeah, gets they're, they're more lurking over. around the zombies. Yeah. Everything in that way, it, it's a bit. You know, it's not quite the same as like a Romero take, but it's yeah. still like the zombies are like kind of social, a social issue as much as you know, sort of yeah. know, violent yeah. threat when yeah. they're lurking there. Because it's still yeah, there's definitely some, uh, there's definitely a class commentary on this. Yeah, yeah. and it's the human. You know, it's very much kind of about the, the evil of the human characters as well. I mean, the, yeah. the zombies are just zombying around, yeah. doing what zombies do and stuff. And, and the one thing, well, I mean, now what they do, but these are these are of the 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 far school. They're all very, yeah, they're running zombies. Yeah. They're running zombies. Um, and I think, you know, I mean, this is, he does carry us all the way through. They're quite acrobatic as well. They are, yeah. Thankfully not Parker zombies, because that's, <laughs> that's just lame. But, you know, they're, 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 they are, they're certainly not troubled by rigor mortis. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could, we could say that. You know, they put in a lot of work. You know, the old cardio. <laughs> um, again, this has got, and I think, you know, so it's got a good cast. There's quite, mm. uh, quite a few regulars, actually, with these yeah. the people doing his voices as well, aren't there? So... Again, he's got. You can pronounce it. You're, you're not going to pronounce it badly. Lucien Grion, Shim Young Gian, Lee Jong, who, uh, in your notes here, is his former boy band singer. It's yes. not at all unusual. Yeah. You know, and I think he actually, in terms of his character voice, he, he, you know, he had some more indie names in his early days. Mm, mm, but, mm. you know, there were, you know, actually quite interesting actors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. It was definitely like a step up in terms of, you know, budget and cast, everything. That's for him. And it's. It's a, I mean, in terms of the way it looks in terms uh, yeah. from his earlier films, you, you can it's it is very very accomplished looking. I mean, yeah, yeah, know, yeah it's much, You know, the the bit like King of Pigs, you can tell that it's kind of it's got a very two D look, but you yeah. can tell it's kind of computer animated or it uses mm -hmm. computer animation. And and then you can, I'm sure it's using a lot of the same techniques here. Yeah. But it doesn't feel quite so obviously mm. computer generated. Yeah. Um, it's very well paced, I think, and and you know you yeah. get as we say the twist at the end, um, <laughs> is about as dark as they can possibly come, and absolutely yeah. nothing to do with the, no, zombie, but but the darkness of human nature. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it's kind of a shame it's not more widely seen. I guess I mean it's great they did an animate obviously like an animation and everything, but um, the ties into I guess an overall question about how much of a trilogy the three films are together mm. and everything but Soul Station like it there's definitely overlap but it still yeah. provides more of a you know if you watch Soul Station then you watch Train to Busan you, you definitely get a different perspective on Train to Busan yeah you know if you don't you don't have to see it at all I mean, you can we'll talk about Train to Busan in a second but I think if you have seen Soul Station and you see more of the stuff about the outbreak and the homeless people you know, living in the stations and everything mm. where that goes and that maybe add some of the social commentary back into Train to Busan. Yeah. If you're thinking about, you know, not saying the zombies are like the direct metaphor for, you know, the the, the lower class or the yeah. ignored or anything. But if you watch Soul Station, then Train to Busan, I think you have much more of that level of detail, if you want it, I guess. But because Train to Busan is such a pop corner 
and this mm. is so dark. I, <laughs> I can't really imagine the same audiences necessarily getting into them. So I wouldn't jump to recommend Train to Busan fan to go back and watch Salt Station. But it's at the same time, it's a shame more people haven't seen it. So then that brings us to Train to Busan, which was the the breakout hit. It yes. Was so, uh, so popular. And his live action debut. Yeah, exactly. Which was, one. which was, I have to admit, was quite an unexpected mm. leap. I mean, I have, you know, yeah. And it's I, a big, it's a big jump yeah. as well. Jumping into like a this kind of like big budget blockbuster, big cast, you know, massive scale action mm. scenes as well. And I, I think that. because I'd heard about Soul Station, it actually. First, it, she took me really by surprise. Like, oh, what hell? How yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, yeah. same here. Absolutely. I, I, I was very surprised it was the same guy, actually doing both of them and everything. So, I mean, credit to him and everything. But it's a massive, it's a massive jump and a lot of confidence, I guess, to have chosen him to actually helm that. But you know, not just the change from animation stuff, but given how dark his earlier stuff had been, mm. to helm something which is a lot more popcorny, which yeah. is not in a bad way. I don't mean, but it's a big difference, you know. Massive, yeah, it is a massive difference. So, to uh, so step up, and he's got you know a really actually a pretty well known cast there, yeah, yeah. De definitely. You've got uh, Gong Yu, who's uh, a very popular TV actor as well, stuff like uh, Coffee Prince and stuff, but also in films like we've been in like The Suspect and Age of Shadows, whatnot. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the very charismatic, very popular leading man, yeah, Jung Yumi. <laughs> I'm giving it a stab, but who was, you know, she was in quite a bunch of like Hong Sang Soo films, mm. everything like Opie's movie and Our Sun He. And then, of course, uh, Ma Dong Seok or, yeah. or Don Lee, if you prefer. I mean, I've never, <laughs> if I've ever met him, that's probably the question I'd ask, mate, which would you rather? You know, I, I don't know if that was a choice by him or his agent or anything, but I don't, I don't quite get the Don Lee thing, if I'm yeah. being honest. But they could be a distracting sidebar, you know. <laughs> exactly, that would be a long chat. But okay, why have you decided to call yourself Donnelly? <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, you know, he's one of Korea. Even then, he was like a very recognisable character actor, uh, turning up in lots of Korean films and small parts and everything. But this kind of and pushed yeah, him. yeah. I mean, it did, it did because it, it's a very, and we can go into the plot of this, you know, mm. a bit more. But he's it's a, he's very much probably the most honourable character in there, very likable character. He's got the best. I mean, it's it's, it's best a good one. old school, you know gangster tough guy with the heart of gold and getting the funniest lines and mm. good he's got the best scenes in the film definitely he, he is very very good and, and it's easy to see why he you know it was kind of a not a breakthrough role but a step up kind of role after that even though he still does a lot of like strange little indie films and mm. stuff as well so so he's he's good actor I would yeah think, so. yeah so i'm gonna let's go into the plot going you is uh, it's i mean it's a pretty straightforward plot isn't yeah it? I, it's fair to say i mean it, it, go, it goes on the Following along the train track. So there's, there's too many jokes that I actually throw in here, everything, but it's pretty strange. It doesn't go off the tracks. <laughs> Things derail towards the end. <laughs> well, the yeah. shot certainly does, yeah. But anyway, yeah. It's a good one, yeah, yeah. Uh, sure, yeah, it's pretty yeah. straightforward. So yeah, Gong Yu's like a divorced father. He's pretty cynical. He's not a bad guy, but he doesn't seem particularly interested in his young kid, uh, the young daughter, who he's mm. got to take to his his wife crossing like Busan for their for the birthday. and. He's kind of ignoring her and everything. He's always like doing his work on his phone and stuff. And then, as the train is going, you start to get like bits of news in the background, stuff like some like outbreak and everything. Mm. And then, 
some infected woman kind of gets gets onto the train, and I guess that's where the overlap with because it does, it, she does feel she does the way she's dressed, she does look a lot like the main character in some yeah, yeah, It's yeah. like an alternative version where exactly yeah, I, what happens to her in Substation doesn't no no spoilers, but no no yeah. no, it's it, it's it's only thing to to ponder upon mm. for people who've seen them both, I guess, but. But yeah, then the obviously the virus then starts to spread, bite, 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 running up and down, a lot of shouting and howling and screaming. And then they're sort of gradually forced more and more towards the back of the train. And then they have all the disaster movie kind of train problems to deal with mm-hmm. as well. Like they're going to run out of track, something's going to happen. Well, they have to switch trains and the train's getting closer to Busan. You're not even sure what's really waiting for them there. Because more news leaks out and it looks like the whole country is, you know, is burning. Mm-hmm. And then... You have kind of like a different bunch of different characters. So you have, we said, like Ma Dong Siok and, and his wife. And then you have like a slimy, sinister CEO guy who's basically only there every single turn. He can do something bad to everyone else. He just doesn't. And, and, and it has got a bit of that. <laughs> I mean, we talk about the kind of the, the social commentary, which yeah. is definitely there in his other films, and a class commentary. Mm. And we've got a bit of this very kind of Snowpiercer commentary yes, going absolutely. on. Yeah, you know, there's first class. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely yeah. in there, man. <laughs> we've got a lot of fun as the film progresses he does have a lot more fun with how the the, the scenes are orchestrated there's mm, the great mm. tunnel scene yeah. where we find out that the zombies can't see in the dark mm. and there's a lot of fun with that there are you know there's the 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 mass of the zombies yeah, that starts cool. to get very yeah. kind of world war z kind of it becomes it like a, a big yeah. amorphous kind of thing of the mass of them yeah you get the, all the aerial shots of like yeah. hundreds of the zombies yeah. all running at once which is really pretty impressive again like we're saying for a guy who's gone from animation to this kind of giant set piece and he orchestrates them a lot better than other other people do to be honest mm. with you and his pacing is he gets the pacing very good in train to busan and there is that balance between not out and out comedy but not taking itself too seriously yeah. i guess and everything you know so it's it is a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a real fun ride, isn't it? It's yeah, yeah. Ride, it's yeah. a fun thrill ride. Everything yeah. kind of broad strokes compared to his other work. Yeah. Uh, and I guess if you watch that King of Pigs together again, you wouldn't you wouldn't have a clue it was the same guy. Yeah. I guess. So it's. It's just that that last sort of 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just, I watched it again before this, and it's still the last 10, 15 minutes where it derails. <laughs> you know, it comes to the end of the line. <laughs> well, literally, it does. It, well, it does yeah, it does. It. <laughs> the last 10, 15 minutes, it just, you, you know, we've said in other episodes, you know, there, there is. We get the classic yeah. Korean melodrama. And I, I get that that's more, that's not something for Western audiences so much. It is just, you know, the, the way things are in films. But here it felt, it feels jarring, mm. to be honest, because there is, the rest of the film is fast paced. Mm. And it's building and building more and more running zombies around and whatnot and everything. Then it kind of like goes into, you know, we're you know going to say what happens at the end, but it, it would be a much better film without that last yeah. sort of ten minutes bit and everything. But it's still, it's still Solid. good. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's still good, and you can see why it was most popular. And, and yeah, and it was good to see people, you know, mainstream critics and audiences and stuff like picking up on the word of mouth and going to see it in cinemas and everything. It's always good to see anything like that. So, yeah. 살고 싶은 타요. 아저씨는 들끓 생활 처음인가 보네. 
빠지면 움직이자. 내가 또 나서야 되나? So now we have Peninsula, aka Tankerman <laughs> presents Peninsula. How can a train? How can a train? Sorry, it's just like the, the grammar guy in my head just goes when I hear that train to be sung. How can a train present something? It's, it just doesn't make any doesn't make any logical, literal sense on any level. Nobody's honestly. It's not. I'm not criticizing whoever came up with it. I'm just. I would like to ask them why. Why just? Why not just say Train to Busan too? Yeah. I mean, it, it's not really a sequel that Lover Seas will talk about, but yeah. that that's that's Train to Busan presents is nuts. I'm sorry, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, just call it Train to Busan Two Peninsula. That's fine. No one's really going to criticize that as a follow up. I mean, he said himself, this is not a sequel. This mm -hmm. is like in the same universe, yeah. which is fine. But you can still yeah. say part two. Yeah. You know, chapter two, go the it route or something. But anyway, <laughs> I don't. I will start ranting about that. So <laughs> I'll shut up about that now. But but yeah, people were obviously really incredibly excited when they heard he was making this and everything. So it's easy to see why. You know, especially coming its release now with cinemas reopening after the the COVID, you know, over mm -hmm. in Asia. So it's it's good to see it doing really well. You know. It was difficult to know where this would go, actually, because yeah. you, I mean, I, I, I much preferred Soul Station as a film. I did. Train to yeah, yeah, I, I, hundred percent agree. Uh, with you, right? So this was we had high hopes for this. It, it was selected for Cannes. That's right. You know, it was, yeah. Cannes didn't happen. So it's in, it's, it's still been released in a, in in Asia uh, mm. in mid July and, and mm -hmm. it's first major film to be yeah. released and it's 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 doing very well. Mm -hmm. Big, big one of the biggest film events of the year becomes even bigger because mm. of the. There's timing and everything, so it's yeah, it's been really setting box office record and stuff in various countries and mm. everything, which is good to see. And so you know, we hope it will do very well um, in the US and you know, yeah, hope, well, hopefully, well, yeah, you know, whenever it gets picked up for the UK. Um, so I mean, let's let's go into the film. You know, I mean, yeah. it starts right after Train to Busan. We get a yeah. the first segment is is really mm. picking up the same kind of things that were going on at the end. You know, mm -hmm. the, the, the chaos, people trying to get off the, get out of the country, everything mm. like that still. But this time instead of a train, it looks like it might go briefly to like boat, to boat away from Busan. <laughs> kind of at the start, you know. Uh, you have the, you know, the, the marine captain, you know, character named Jung Seok, which is a Gang Dang Won, who was in Kundo, Age of the Ramp, and, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, it was in Ilang the Wolf Brigade, which I wasn't. Oh, was he? Okay, yeah. Didn't yeah, like. Yeah, I mean, he's he's honest. known as. I mean, I think it's almost become his, his his nickname, but he played Sad Eyes in Duelist. Oh, of course, of course, you're right. Um, yeah, and right. also in Secret Union, which mm. I really like. Actually, that's, that's a good a, film. That's a really solid film. Yeah, and he, I I do like him. He's actually he's he's quite he is quite charismatic in these films. In a yeah. sort of kind of low key way. He's, mm. he's actually yeah model turned actor. <laughs> I, I, he's quite believable in his roles. He actually yeah. kind of it, it does feel unlike some of the uh, his other some other people who are around his age. You know, yeah. actually kind of been a real star for you know over a decade now. You know, he he does he always puts himself in. Yeah, you know, he always kind of gives it. Yeah, he's got a very good presence. Yeah, definitely. He's trying to help his family escape on on the ship. Doesn't go well. <laughs> Big surprise, though. <laughs> um, only him and his uh, sister's husband survive, and then we mm. pick up the story four years later. In, in Hong Kong. In Hong Kong. Of all places, which uh, is not massively explained or anything. But but yeah, he's kind of pushed or agrees into sort of going back to the peninsula on a an operation, basically, to, to bring back like a stash of, stash of cash, which is in an abandoned food aid truck. Mm. Something. So, you know, the Hong Kongers 
push him to go back. So he's like, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll go back, even though there's a bunch of zombies running around. The whole peninsula at this stage is completely, you know, given up, basically. It's, there's nothing going on there apart from zombies. But when they get there, you know, surprisingly, they find the money. Everything is going well, unsurprisingly, straight <laughs> away. <doesn't> <laughs> nope, goes bad. There's like some mad rogue militia who are trying to control the, the whole area, everything. And, you know, they get attacked and sister's husband gets kidnapped. He gets rescued by a couple of, you know, young sisters and then meets their mother. It's played by, she's she's called, um, the character's Ming Jung, but it's the acclaimed actress and singer, like a... Lee Jung Hyun, who was also recently in like Battleship Island. Okay. Uh, she was in stuff like The Admiral, Roaring Current, and a lot of different TV series, which I, which I'm not familiar with. But you know, then again, we get this coming together of different characters. Yeah. A couple of different plot lines about get the cash back, find a way mm. to go off the island and escape, basically. And then you know, every once in a while, you're reminded that there's zombies as well. <laughs> They all they are very much an afterthought for a lot of, of the action here. They are de- definitely. They, they're kind of a prop, not the the main. No, focus. They're, they're they're not the main focus or even the main threat. Kind of a lot of the time. I mean, you still get a lot of like zombie set pieces. Yeah, and you, you, it's not that you forget they're there, but they're not really the main. They're not really the, the main thing, oh, which yeah. is like causing the problems. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, for for the characters and everything, it's the situations. From you know this rogue military unit and a couple of other couple of other players who are involved as well. So you know, I'll just kind of boil this down. I I kind of saw it as uh, <laughs> Escape from Inchon on Fury Road. Yeah, no, I I think that's it. Or it, it's got that you can't get away from that. It's got that sort of Escape from New York, or mm-hmm. maybe maybe more Escape from LA. I mean, yeah. <laughs> which is it's just not a bad thing, but it, it's it's definitely that plot. But it feels more like a. One of the eighties Italian <laughs> Bronx, Bronx Warriors, Warriors. Bronx Warriors, yeah. two thousand nineteen after the fall of New York, yeah, or many others which we could start chatting about. But it's it's just it's a chaotic film. It's mm. very convoluted in terms mm. of the plot. Whereas we were saying like Train to Busan is literally on rails. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, sorry, those gags keep coming. But you know it's a straightforward plot. Whereas this jumps around a lot. It doesn't explain a lot of the yeah. context or anything at all. I and mean, it's also says big. Uh, there are a few kind of big gaping holes so we know or, or just the sort of classic horror stupid elements where you go yeah. what the hell so you know they land in the peninsula yeah. um, and they know zombies can't see in the dark Yeah. so they go when there's a full moon yeah. you know, they don't give it 12, 14 days to kind of get the best it's, it's, oh exactly it's, it, and it, so oh yeah there's, oh. There's, there's no consistent world building kind of in there and everything and then you add on to that like a bunch of weird like remote controlled car stuff I won't say what, what it's for or mm. anything but there's a lot of weird little touches in there as well which are I mean I almost didn't mind that because well, I was trying to get a bit kind of, like, get kind of creative with the stuff but I've, I've felt there's a spectacle of the the, the the car stuff that we see you know going down the Fury Road yeah. very kind of Mad Max Good kind of style and some of the other things that go on there's a there's a very zombie flight club-esque kind of elements and what the militia do <laughs> with their prisoners like, oh, that's a great film man um, I love that film you know there's some, some oddities <laughs> like that which are okay mm-hmm. but, there's, but as you say there's not a lot that actually brings everything together no there's of... nothing and, and, it, and it's there's the hints of the social commentary again mm. but th- there's not like the either the nihilism of his early stuff or a straightforward train of thought <laughs> so yeah. the train the train references keep coming <laughs> you know the, but there isn't one thing it's just it's an incredibly chaotic film yeah, and it's 
I mean, at least the characterization is a bit darker. It almost feels like a little step back. Some of the, the characters yeah, are quite, have quite dark motives. And, yeah, and so that's true. Is, again, we are kind of back to this this idea that the, 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 the humans are the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very much. Yeah, yeah, very much. So much more than trained to, apart from your sinister CEO and trained to be silent. Here, here, there's a lot more stuff going on and everything. But it's, and when I say, I mean, to be fair, when I say chaotic, I, I don't really mean that in a bad way for me, to be honest mm. with you. Like, I mean, we're, you know, we're referencing some of those, Italian films from the eighties. I, I still love those films. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, it's still it's still a good, yeah, nice kind of. Oh, it's a lot of fun. Space action film. I think it's more like a question for people who are looking for. They think it's train, oh, train to Busan to if it was titled mm. that way. I think for a lot of people who are that the main more mainstream audiences, I guess, who really enjoy Train to Busan, you know, with, with good reason. Then this might be a bit odd for them. Yeah, uh, I I think because I mean when he said it's set in the same universe, it's not a sequel. He's not kidding. I mean, there, there's very little to actually link them at all, kind of in that way and everything. Like you said, it's got this, the Mad Max stuff, everything going on in there. So you, you do have a lot of action set pieces and stuff. I mean, I think the trailer wasn't massively representative. In the no, either, but then no. how, how do you cut a trailer to something this kind of chaotic? So yeah. I, I think they were kind of doing their best to make it look like, you know, like zombies in a ball yeah. and stuff like that, which actually put me off. But in the film and stuff, it's not really a big, not really a big deal. Yeah, not at all. And, I didn't really. And it's it's I yeah I it is quite murky and dark. Mm. The cinematography is the only other thing I might say. And I you know, you know fairness to say, you know, obviously we saw it on a screener link. Mm. I, I would I would still go and see it in the cinema. Yeah. I, I yeah. think it would be a cool film to have a bunch of drinks to. Well, I have a bunch of drinks watching online anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean though. I think it would be a nice sort of crowd, crowd right, pleaser yeah. one because yeah. it's not too long. It's you know, shy of two hours. Yeah. And it's not badly paced or anything either. So I think it would be that kind of... And there are a few bits. Where we do get back to a bit of the melodrama. Mm, we and do. a few bits towards the end where characters are deciding <laughs> whether to do the right thing or not <laughs> while they're being some... Whether some sun kiss kind of... Yeah. You know. and, and it repeat you know, um, without saying too much, but it kind of repeats itself and it towards yes. in the final act and stuff. And yeah. people are, oh, I'm going to make a decision. They've made a decision. I'm going to stop, I'm going to help them against them, but then there's another decision, and it goes on and on a bit, but it's still, you know, it's still okay, it's not unexpected, and I found it up less, I was more annoyed by Entrade to Busan, put it this way, because this film is so all over the place, it, it didn't really annoy me as much, but yeah, it's, mm. his directing the action is good, yeah. uh, it, it's, you know, it's obviously a big budget film, uh, and you can see the production values, as we said, you know, good star power yeah. on there and everything, so yeah, there's another... It's a blockbuster popcorn film. It's a weirder, <laughs> more chaotic <laughs> one than Train to Busan, but it's still, yeah, it's it's an interesting film to see mm. what how people react to it. I, I I will be very interested to see the reviews for it by other Western media when it actually comes out for people who are not as tuned into maybe some of the stuff we've talked about and everything. So it's interesting to see where it goes next as well if he's going to carry on. Well, doing world building with Busan. I mean, it is. It's obviously it's. Yeah. It's it's making the money. So you know, maybe he can come up with different. It's, it's kind of, maybe he's going to pick up a different story. I, I'm same. sure it'd be another story about something. I'd be surprised if they don't make another one. Everything like that. But we, you know, we'll see where it goes. But I'll, I'll be interested to, interested to see. But watching watching this kind of, I was kind of thinking about going and watching Psychokinesis again. So I think when I saw Psychokinesis, that's when I was really surprised by how chaotic and all over the place that was. So I maybe looked at it probably less favorably. But now seeing this and saying, okay, maybe that's kind of just part of his part of his style, <laughs> you know. So maybe I'll go back and check out Psychokinesis, and we'll see. But yeah, hopefully get a chance to check this out in the big screen. Uh, I, I definitely would like. To.
Bazan Presents Peninsula is released by World Go USA in US cinemas on the 21st of August. David West. I write about East Asian cinema for Neo Magazine, and I'm the author of Chasing Dragons, an introduction to the martial arts film. My background is I grew up in Hong Kong for five years, so I was immersed in a lot of East Asian pop culture at quite an early age. I used to watch Ultraman and Future Robot Tontanias and Mazinga Z on the television. And when I came back to the UK, I got interested in cinema as a teenager. I started watching a lot of movies. And I was blessed to, by the fact that there was quite a lot available at the time if you knew where to look for it. The two key films for me, really, were Jackie Chan's A Police Story and Ching Su Tung's A Chinese Ghost Story, which I saw within about a week of each other. I can't remember which I saw first, possibly Police Story. This was back when the Metro Cinema, which used to be on Rupert Street, it's gone now, used to show a lot of Hong Kong films for the Chinese community in London's Chinatown. And it got to a point where every weekend I would see often six films. I'd go to the afternoon double bill at the Metro on Saturday. Saturday night there'd often be a double bill at the Prince Charles or at one of the Odeons in Leicester Square. These would often start around midnight. It would be most of Chinatown and me. And then Sunday, Rick Baker often would have a double bill, sometimes, you know, a whole marathon at the Scala in King's Cross back when that was a cinema. So this was a typical weekend for me. I just used to go and watch anything I could find. I was also lucky that my local video store had a decent VHS collection of old Shaw Brothers films. So I got introduced to things like the 36th Chamber of Shaolin, legendary weapons of Kung Fu. Of course, back then they were all dubbed into English, so you had to sort of endure the terrible English dub performances. But going back to the two films that really sort of triggered me, it was Police Story and A Chinese Ghost Story. I'd certainly never seen anything like A Chinese Ghost Story before. This sort of madcap blend of martial arts and magic and monsters with a giant demon was just so far out of my wheelhouse it was my I felt it was mind-blowing because it's got superb performances from Wu Ma, Leslie Chung and Joey Wang. Police Story was was not the first Jackie Chan film I'd seen I'd sort of read about Jackie Chan in magazines like Inside Kung Fu but the only film that was available at my local video store was The Protector his American police movie that he made which was underwhelming to say the least. I sort of read all this stuff about Jackie and was very hyped up to see The Protector and then when I finally saw it, I thought it was distinctly underwhelming. So getting to see Police Story, which again, I think I would have seen at the Metro on Rupert Street. I mean, the stunt work in that, I don't think Jackie's ever taught that. It's just insane. There's a whole sequence when he's hanging off the side of the bus, you know, the, the car crashed down the hill through a shanty town. You know, that insane final reel where they broke the record for the amount of fake glass smashed in a scene. It was it made American action stars look slow, clumsy, and unimaginative by comparison. And thereafter, I couldn't get enough of it. When I first started writing about Hong Kong cinema and 
East Asian cinema in fanzines, which is not something that really exists anymore in the internet age. There was, I'm trying to remember the name of it, I think it was called Hong Kong Action Cinema. It was an American fanzine. And then there was um, Rick Baker's Eastern Heroes, where I wrote a review of Fong Sayuk. I think I got a five pound gift token to buy a bootleg VHS tape of some Hong Kong movie. I probably bought Body Cab Driver with it or something. So that was how I got pulled into this world of Eastern cinema. And now it's um, part of what I do for a living, which I did not foresee happening at all. But it's been a fascinating voyage. And I've got to meet and interview so many people that I admire. When I was still in Boston, I helped the Boston Museum of Fine Arts organize uh, a two-week season of the films of Sammo Hung. We managed to get Sammo to come over the opening and I got to ride in the limo next to Sammo and I have never been so tongue-tied in my life. I couldn't think of what to say to him stay next to my hero. Hi, I'm Linda from Italy from the Faris Film Festival campus. The film I want to talk about is Detention. Detention is the first feature film by John Sue. And it is an interesting experiment in combining horror genre and historical drama. Although there are some doubts about whether the horror elements make an effective contribution. The story revolves around a real-life tale of horror, taking viewers back into Taiwan's not-so-distant dark times to experience one of the longest periods of martial law in the history of humankind. From 1949 to 1987, a period known as the White Terror, the Kuomintang government repressed political dissidents as well as those who could be linked to left-wing ideas, notably communism. The terror of this period was not only the result of the physical violence displayed by the authorities. The times emanated an atmosphere of mistrust and denunciation that grew from the idea that everyone is responsible. In this Fahrenheit 451-like scenario, where forbidden books, such as Tagore's poems or Kuriagawa's symbol of anguish, are burned, a few students who belong to a book club try to preserve a disappearing culture with the help of their teachers. This puts their lives at risk. As soon as the activities of the outlaw club are discovered, the students must face the judgment of the regime and also of the partners who are searching for the identity of a traitor. The horror element arises when two students, Fang Raixin and Wei Zongting, suddenly wake up in the school, which has now turned into their worst nightmare as they are stalked by shadows, supernatural creatures and a sense of guilt. The tension is based on a successful Taiwanese video game produced for the Steam platform in 2017. The photography and the lighting are effective in delivering the classic video game atmosphere. They also create a suspenseful uh, atmosphere. The way the truth unfolds in three chapters and the use of long flashbacks makes viewers feel like they are playing a video game. Furthermore, the continuous change of perspective gives the viewer the feeling of being in a dream, or in this case, a nightmare. The entire movie is a sort of journey through lost memories. 
depicting a path to expiation in which everyone plays a role. Some cover up for the factors and some perpetuate the repressive regime. Yet, as one of the teachers says, quoting one of the forbidden books, given the two-sided nature of humans, there is space for altruism as well as individualism. Memory turns out to be the weapon for stopping this vicious circle and it gives people the motivation to fight because while there's life, there's hope. The predictable and jumpy scares and the basic quality of the visual animation, which may be an attempt to maintain some of the original and effective elements of the video game, fail to deliver the expected anguish and thrills. Use of the horror genre was probably meant to emphasize the terror of reality, but it turns daily life into a grotesque vision instead. Despite the purge of failure of the horror element, Sue has succeeded in his attempt to rekindle, through a non-mainstream narrative form, the memories of Taiwanese people about their fight for freedom. Cheers. Ha <laughs> ha.